What's up, y'all? It's your host, Sasan K. Back again with another episode. I'm my co-host. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Pac-Man CAZ. Check me out on everything at P-A-C-C-M-A-N-C-A-Z. New York Vlog is live. Go watch that right now. And we are here with our special guest starting to my left. Hi, I'm Amelie Eckert. I'm an actress here in New York City. My name is Brianna Sandell. I'm an artist born and raised out of Brooklyn, New York. I do emo R&B. Check me out. My name's Yusin. I'm also, the title is still actor. Uh, check me out on Instagram, Yusin Ibrahim, SS. That's it. Mm-hmm. Before we really get into it, can we get a quick bio of you guys? Like, how would you describe and animate yourself and be able to describe it to the masses, if someone's that? Okay. So, I was originally, I'm Slovenian and German, but I grew up in Dubai. Mm-hmm. So, I would say that I'm very international cultured. I traveled a lot with my family and stuff. And I also really like to do accents. And I just learned that from international school because everyone always had a different accent. So I would just mimic constantly. Um, And then I came to New York about three years ago to go to school, to ADA. And now here I am. Uh, So I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Originally East Flatbush. Uh, Then been bouncing around a little bit since. Uh, For a long time, I want to say I've been doing music now for about three years, officially two. Um, long story short about me is like, I don't know, typical happy-go-lucky person. Things were going pretty well in life. Um, went through a little bit of turmoil, ended up living out of my car. And then what happened was one night I was coming home from seeing the Avengers movie, part one. Um, and then my boy got the bright idea to race on the highway after. Uh, so we did that, and I won. But as I was winning, what happened was he hooked the back of my car on the 278, so I started to spin out. Um, almost died, but I didn't. The car was totaled, though. <laughs> and so what happened was uh, I had the choice to either get another car and be responsible, or I can go party really hard and not worry about having to drive home. Ended up doing the latter, and then I released my first song not too long after that. Um, and it's kind of been a wild ride ever since because then pandemic hit, writing songs in my bedroom, it started to blow up a little bit. And now it's like world's getting back to whatever it was from before COVID. I don't know if it's like a different world now. It kind of feels like it's a different world. Um, and that's where I'm got me here. You are. Um, and to translate it to kind of their own world, you're kind of like the director of your own music because it's your face, your idea that you're trying to show out. How is it collaborating with like the sound guy, the person that like works with the beats and things of that nature to make your own ideas shine bright? And is it kind of difficult when people are trying to not so much talk to you crazy, but like put their own inputs into it? And you're like, yeah, no, I don't care. This is my, my shit. That's a good question. Um, I'll be honest with you, bro. I think it really depends on the people that you surround yourself with. Like, I was lucky enough to find myself in a situation where everyone around me genuinely fucks with me. Am I kind of cursing here? Yeah. Okay, got you. Everyone around me, like, fucks with me and, like, they enjoy my vibe. So it's, like, um, the same people that now I hit up if I want to make a record or the same people that we found, like, trials and tribulations like what didn't work what did work because i had engineers and sound people that things just didn't work out with i don't hate them or anything they don't hate me it just didn't work out but then i have my other people like my one dedicated sound guy shout out db uh, where it's like he hits me up any time of the day no matter what he's always like what are we doing and it's not always going to be just like what i say goes because i think at the end of the day we're a team like 
I can be the best singer on the planet. I still need a sound guy. We're a team at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So it's like their input helps make Brian Sandel what he is. Like, I wouldn't be here if I didn't have a good team around me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like if someone's bringing, like, their input, odds are that means that they were trusted enough to get next to me to get their input. Because everyone that I have around me doesn't let a lot of people around me. So odds are for having this conversation, like, I got put onto this podcast because I'm really cool with Yassine. So I know you guys wouldn't come at me any type of crazy way. You know what I mean? And if it's like you had some type of input or whatever, I would also respect it because it's coming from a trusted ear. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's just, I'm just trusting everyone around me because I know at the end of the day, they want me to be the best version of myself. And for me to do that, they have to be the best version of themselves. Oh. So we hold each other accountable. What makes you guys feel better when uh, you guys are having a, uh, a bad creative day? Whether that be a failed audition or a, uh, an AR, A&R turned down your song for the project or whatever. What is, uh, what's something that will help you the only bad creative days I have are the days that I don't create. Because at the end of the day, at least I tried. Like, it doesn't mean I have to get it right in one day. I can come back to the same thing tomorrow. At least, like, I got it out of my system. So it's, like, the only thing that really stops me from anything is if I don't do it. So creatively, as long as I'm trying, I feel like it was a good day. Rejected, accepted, doesn't matter. We made it. Does it get bad? Like, is there any, like, real bad days? Because I feel like... When it is come, when it does come to like, for example, making music, I feel like if you got writer's block, that, beat block, you've been in the lab for six hours writing the same sentence over and over again, it, 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 there has sound, to be these days. It starts to sound like just bad in your own ear, type of type of days like that. Is, is that ever happened to you? Type of? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, when sometimes if like you're trying, my thing is like never force it. Oh, like okay. odds are, if you're having that type of creative struggle, that probably just means you're not inspired. Because if you're inspired, it's gonna try to flow. Mm -hmm. So if that's happening, it's like yo, take a walk through the park, listen to the birds. I don't know. Like just don't get frustrated with yourself because you're not gonna get anywhere that way. If it's like not working that day, that's fine. Take the day off, do whatever. At least you tried it. But don't say I'm gonna have a bad creative day today. Let me not try because that we would have lost so many great projects. Not even just in music, but like lost great books, great movies, if someone didn't wake up one day and say, this isn't the best time for me to write this, I'm not going to write it. Like, nah, fuck that, yo. Get up, try it. If it's not going to work, it's not going to work. But who knows? You got to try it. How about you guys? If you had, like, a bad audition with something that would be, like, a pick-me-up for you guys? I would say ice cream, but also, like, a good workout. Because, like, sometimes when, when you just have, like, a bad audition or... Or, like, because of the writer's strike and all that stuff, there wasn't actually that many auditions, and it was very hard to get them because so many things were shut down, right? Ooh, not to diverge, did y'all feel like y'all careers would come to an end if something like the writer's strike just, like, went on and on and on? It was a lot. Okay. Just because... For me, for example, because I'm international, right? Mm -hmm. I need to build up. I need to build up my resume and stuff like that. And because of the writer's block, there's just so much time that's now passed oh, yeah. that I don't. I didn't. I haven't done anything because nothing was there's happening. There's nothing to do. So in those moments, I thought it was very important to continue having other habits, like good habits, like going to work out, eating good, meal prepping hanging out with the right people, you know, like you said, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people. Cause you wanna kind of keep yourself in a bubble that like keeps you on your toes. You know, people that want you to do better, people that want you to succeed, people that understand, you know, that there's good and bad days. Cause if you know, you have people that are just constantly complaining and they're like, yeah, fuck the writer's strike. Let's just quit. No, mm. you know, we don't, we don't wanna quit. Like, yeah, that's just, that's like a little, 
bump in like mm-hmm. the road, right? So I'd say like, yeah, a good workout. It's definitely tough, but at the same time, I'm happy that it's happening now because we're so young and fresh within our careers. It's like they're taking the brunt of it. I don't want to say it that way, but it's like it's going to be That's easier point, for yeah. us long term. And they, it's because of them, really. So. No, I, I totally feel that. What, that's, that's an interesting thing about strikes because it's like you're, near, you're nearly kneecapping yourself on the, on the possibility of improving your wage and things of that nature when it's not a guarantee that everything's going to come back. I'm able to just like jump on it like that. Straight, great props. It definitely is a guarantee because without the writers, without the actors, you're watching the same movies over and over. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I feel like this is like a, a revelation, especially recently, where people are tired of watching the shows that are coming out at the moment, where it's like they're removing all these great shows. For example, you brought up um, Inside Job while we were flying out, or we were flying out over here, and I told you it was canceled, and you're like, well, it's one of the best shows that's like out right now. And the fact that they're able to just like remove the good stuff, but keep a show like Big Mouth running for about to be seven years now is insane to me. So what's your worst one? Like, did they ever be like, yeah, it's not going to be you, Chief? I've never been get the fuck out of the room. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I've been happy, but I've definitely had some auditions where they, they've talked. I knew as soon as I left the door, they were going to start talking shit. So <laughs> why was it bad? I couldn't tell. I, no, I could. I would. <laughs> <laughs> You have one of those days where you're trying to act like you're trying to be a human kind of beat, like you're kind of robotic. High key. That's that's really what it is. (laughs) (laughs) No, I totally feel it. Oh, honestly, honestly. I might have misheard this, but um, did you say that you wanted to like do acting as well? Mm -hmm. So how is it trying to switch from back and forth like creatively and like going into different fields? Especially being a musician and being viewed as like a you're an artist or like you're a rapper type of thing. Got you. So I feel like anything creative makes you an artist. I oh, feel wow. like you know what I'm saying is I'm I'm an artist if I'm an actor. I'm an artist if I'm a director. I'm an artist if I'm a musician. Like it's mm-hmm. all art at the end of the day. And I feel like how it started with me was I was doing acting classes since I was in high school, and I had a really fun time. I had more time fun. I had more fun doing that than I ever did like anything else in school. So it's like I was a part of, if you're from Brooklyn, you know about this. I was a part of this thing called Sing. Um, and it's basically just like a performance competition between uh, New York high schools. And you get to compete and like put on the best show. It's like pretty cool. Um, so I was a part of that for my senior year. And it was a really fun time. I think for me, the biggest thing that made me want to go more so into music rather than acting, because acting is still fun. It's always going to be the first love. Mm-hmm. But I learned with acting, too many people had to tell me yes. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't just be like, okay, like, I have a character. Let me just do this. Like, I have to get, like, someone to shoot it. I have to get someone to direct it. I have someone to green light it, things like that. Whereas, like, if I want to make a song, I can just put on my headphones, say something into the microphone, upload it. It's on YouTube in, like, two hours. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, so it's not like that my love for acting ever died or anything. I think, honestly, most of the things that I've learned from acting I use in music. Like, whereas it comes to, like, even shooting on a music video, that's still on-camera training, like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Or, like, speaking with certain inflections or trying to get your words out clearly. Okay. 
I learned a lot of that through my speech therapy when I was doing acting classes. So it's like I'm still using all the same things acting taught me. I'm just not doing them as consistently, but hopefully that's going to change once I get the music to go up. Because I learned it's a lot easier to book roles if you're a famous musical artist <laughs> than it is if like you get someone to start from the ground up. Considering that you, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Considering that you guys are all creatives and you guys all live in New York, how do you feel about competition? Do you look at it as more of something to help you move forward and somebody else to collaborate with and learn from, or just like another person trying to take your opportunity? I don't look at it as competition. I look at it as another connection. As corny as that sounds, it's like, that's somebody I could do life with long-term. And if it's, this role might not be theirs, it might not be mine, but I could work with them down the line. That's how I look at it. I agree with Yassine. I totally believe in like good karma. You know, like there's a lot of times where like I would see stuff on like Actors Access or Backstage and I would like send it to my friends. I'm like, dude, this is literally you. You have to apply for this. Or like, oh my God, you have to apply for this. And then I noticed that then I started getting that back. You know, then people started then referring me. They're like, yo, I saw this. I think you should apply for it. Or, or like, oh, one of my friends, they want to do this. And I was thinking if you want to like, you know, hop on. You know, so it's like that kind of circular kind of like you give what you, you get what you give. Upward spiral. Type of, yeah. That's that's a really interesting thing. Having actor friends. So is all y'all friends just like just creatives? Is that just how it turns into? High key. <laughs> yeah. Hey, does it get weird like hanging out with people that aren't like creative? Yes. How so? Speak on it. Yes. I just think that like sometimes when we would. When I would go out with my friends, right? And oh. I would have like my actor friends and then I would like regular people that are studying like finance, business, shit like that, which we need those people in our world. (laughs) But, you know, I could just tell, like, we would be sitting there having brunch, and, you know, all of my actors' friends are like, oh, my God, you know, did did you see that new thing with the actor thing, this and this and that, and, like, oh, my God, the Broadway, and this and this and that, and and everyone's just kind of staring like, what and you know they would constantly be saying like quotes from movies or quotes from plays and they just mm-hmm. they just don't understand just like, ah, they're like ah, that's so funny that brings up a good question do you guys feel like as creatives you succeed most in, in an environment that reflects what you're already in like somebody that uh do you, you do you do better with people around you that are actors and talk about acting stuff or with new influence uh people who are involved in other things that don't have anything to do with your you know creative side I want all the connections I can possibly have because I know what I have. I'm more than happy to dish out. It's like I'm more so asking, what do you draw more inspiration from? Oh, because if I'm around people always talking about what they do on their podcast, yeah, it's cool to take bits and pieces of, oh, I can use this equipment or this technique or whatever, but how do I grow the conversation on between us? Mm-hmm. That, they're not really helping me with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm more so asking, what, what does it do for you creatively? Which, which is better? Uh, to, I'm sorry. So, which, which is better? Which would be better for you? People that are similar to you, that are actors and you know are involved in the acting community, they want to talk about you know actor strike and all the rest of the stuff, or people that are interested in other things that aren't necessarily even creative. Both. Uh, there, there's no answer besides both for me personally mm-hmm. because I have my actor friends who are going to be in shape, and I need somebody to fund that. The finance bros. Long yeah. story short, <laughs> and you yeah. have to speak both languages. Mm-hmm. I feel like sure. that's yeah. Sure. Yeah. How about you in particular? Um, similar to what he was saying, because, you know, you need different people in your corner, no matter what, like, you know, you are going to need someone like to finance something for you, or like, even sometimes it would really depend on your mindset. Because I feel like when it comes to, you know, if I'm in the middle of a project, or if I'm working on some type of like short film, odds are maybe I wouldn't want to have some of my actor friends around. 
or I would just want them on set to be like, yo, you know, you're trying this, do this, whatever. I'm not going to have someone that doesn't know what they're doing in this caveat probably here around me at that time. But then if we get lunch after we shoot and then I have my finance friend just telling me, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Because even though they're not into it, they could be like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, my uncle's like Martin Scorsese. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> like, OK, cool. Well, this all works out. But it's also everyone just has a piece of the pie that they can get because and like I'm working on a horror movie right now. And it's like, you know, just because it's someone that like might not know too much about the specific uh, art form. I know people that are like, well my aunt owns a warehouse that you guys can shoot in like there's always a connection to be made and i think everyone's always very useful in what they are and they all have something to offer so that's why i don't shy away from it i guess i draw inspiration from both as well honestly uh i was thinking about this recently i've never really been one to truly care about money because of everything that i do is more about like just for the plot that's like the main point of everything i do mm. like if it's you know what let me go this different way, this different path home, and now I ended up talking to someone new. I might meet some, need something here or there, or hanging out with a group of people that I've like never met before, and just being more open to the interaction. I feel like there's so much more to gain, and there's so much more story times to have, especially in a medium like this, where it's literally just people come together just telling stories, just like chatting for an hour and a half. So, yeah, can, I I, can I say something? I feel like that is exactly why I feel like there's no competition mm, okay. because it's always that specific moment whatever you're doing for you is going to happen for you I don't care if it's like a thousand people trying to get the same role as you if you didn't get it it doesn't matter if you're the second best person or the thousandth best person you just didn't get it bro so <laughs> so it's going to be like shit like that where it's like yo that one day you got around and you, you talked to someone you went out of your normal like pattern mm -hmm. and something happened no one's going to be like oh you took that away from me like nah bro that's just what that was your, that was meant for you it's all meant for you there's a you know Don Cheadle right yeah Don Cheadle is. Mm -hmm. he was talking about how he was younger he lived with like eight or other different act eight other actors mm -hmm. they all went out for the exact same role and whoever got it they'd split the money with them that's all that's fine yeah. wow okay. do they all look alike i'm guessing they all have to be there's <laughs> 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 like eight don cheetles <laughs> that's okay <laughs> create for long periods of times like just like skipping sleep working a 13-hour shift just like on your grind not sleeping for a couple days just because you're trying to like memorize a role write a song because you're just creative for some reason just like things of things of that nature has that ever happened to y'all yes i definitely say something about like the acting mm -hmm. like life is that it's very you don't have a routine you won't have a routine like I find it very important to have a routine, you know, like wake up, go to the gym, have breakfast, mm -hmm. do my side hustle, work on this, work on that. But when you get like the call sheet and it says like call time is 6 a.m., filming's gonna start at 8, and then we close at like 10 p.m., and like I, I need a commute to get there, so then I end up getting home at like 1 a.m. It's, it's happened before, I did a short film that was like upstate, mm -hmm. and I mean, thank God, like, one of the people had a car, okay. so we were all able to, like, carpool back together, but, like, call time was 6 a.m., and, no, I did two short films that time, yeah, so, like, we cut with one short film at, like, 3, and then we started filming the next one at 7 p.m., because it was, like, supposed to be, like, a horror one, and we, we were, like, running in the woods, it was crazy, <laughs> anyways, it was cold as shit, too, <laughs> anyways, so we were, like, running in the woods, being all, yeah, whatever, and then as soon as we cut, it was like 2 a.m. 
Um, and then they ordered us pizza and then we went home. So it was like, and I was supposed to be up at 6 a.m. to go to the gym. And I was like, no, fuck that. I'm not going to do that. But it's like, yeah, sometimes it's hard to like manage or not manage your time, but just kind of like deal with the. The fact that you know they're going to work for with so the, long. Exactly. If you like it or not, exactly. Thing. Yeah, because I remember you showed me one of your scripts. Fucking ridiculous. How do y'all remember all that? <laughs> That's like the main thing that always like blows it's, me. It's all the flow, honestly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it's like when you have a conversation, okay. you know, like if the script says like, oh, what's your favorite color? I'm not going to be like China. Like you're going to know <laughs> kind of yeah, How blue. Know? You know, okay. there's a flow and it like the conversation. It just makes sense. I don't know. When yeah. you keep going over and over and over, it just kind of gets like locked in your head. At least for me no, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah there's some stuff i can just i'll just start talking to you I'll, like, I'll speak a monologue from like four years ago exactly and i'll just remember it it's just like all in my head it's also like yeah. i don't know who said this i don't know who said this but they were like as long as you know the the form you can play outside of it mm -hmm. idea. So, yeah. yeah or the as long the as you concept. know the rules you can play outside of it yeah. then what about in the instances where it's like i'll it wouldn't make sense except for in the context of being an actor like things where it's like you wouldn't have this regular conversation and how does you stop yourself from making like an actual <laughs> conversation because like if you guys are like talking as like the character how don't y'all just like accidentally like switch into like yourself if that makes does that make sense am i am i violent that no, 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 yeah, that no. makes sense. That's that's usually why we do, like, prep work. Okay. So, like, we wouldn't, we usually wouldn't just go straight into a scene. We would have, like, a warm-up. We would have, like, prep. Mm -hmm. And in that prep, you know, you would kind of go into your circumstances. Mm. So, it's, like, going into the character, going into his world. So, like, who am I? Who's my family? What is my, what's my world? And what is my circumstances? It has happened to me before, though, because sometimes my accent can change because mm. I grew up around what's your favorite accent to do let's see i like doing a british cockney sometimes can i hear it yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay can you ask me like a question or something um, <laughs> what were you doing before this i was in school babes i was in school yeah i was living in dubai and i was going to school high school um, that's where I learned the Cockney accent from because my English teacher, she was actually from England and that's sort of where I picked it up. And then every time I'd go out with my friends and sort of get drunk, it just came out. It was like another personality and I didn't know how to stop it. So now I'm just constantly doing this accent for like absolutely no reason. I'll be at home just talking to myself in this accent. I'll be like, babes, what are we doing today? But I'm just talking to myself. I'm honestly just talking to myself. I've got school. <laughs> I've lost skill. It's not funny. <laughs> what about what about homeboys? You just like break into like a Scottish accent for no fucking reason. You yeah. Like go to bars. I'm like, you know what? What accent can I use to pick up girls today? And then he just picks one. He just picks one. He just goes with it. So yeah, that's that's right. Um, as creatives, and everybody's here is from a different place. Do you feel like where you're from is a a hindrance? a help or does it matter at all? I know that you being from Minnesota coming here, is it different for you being in New York because, I mean, we're from like a smaller kind of community. It helps so much because I feel like since we're all from Minnesota, we're all just kind of genuinely nice people. Yeah. You know, it's like we're kind and we're nice. So that 
goes a long way here, yeah. I feel like, but also it's kind of like, um, you know, in Minnesota, you know, you don't let stuff get to you and just, it, that just kind of helps here yeah. as well. And also I feel like I've, I have connections in Minnesota, I have connections here. I just have a lot more connections here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's helped uh, for the most part. And every now and again, I feel like the one thing that New York has taught me is just to be a little more aggressive, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, so. sure. Um, to my considering that you're from New York, do you feel like it's harder for you to like kind of break out because, well, not only is there so many people trying to compete in New York, but so many New Yorkers trying to compete in New York and all the rest of the people, uh, do you feel like, yeah, and then I feel like also just making it in your own city is like just hard anywhere. So do you feel like being from here and having people know you, does that, like, is that a help or a hindrance? Um, it's a beautiful curse. And I'll be honest with you, because when it comes to being an artist in New York, most artists in New York, you have to pop outside of New York for New York to accept you. So it's like most times you might see someone like their biggest cities are in Europe. Like, for example, I'm from Brooklyn and my biggest dream of city on the planet right now is Paris. And it's like, you know, That's once. flex. <laughs> appreciate you. Uh, so it's like, you know, I've won some like awards out there and stuff. But like when you come back here, it don't mean nothing. It's not going to mean anything until someone from New York sees you in Paris and they'll be like, oh, you from here? Oh, you fire now. Because now you're not competition anymore. Now you made it out. But I feel like when it comes to that, like just because I feel like there's not much competition, everyone has their own journey. Doesn't mean other people don't. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, it only takes one person to inside a beef mm-hmm. and I feel like when it comes to stuff like that it's just like dog I think the cream always rises to the top no matter what like your competition is going to be who you're around and odds are if you're that good you're going to be around other people that are that good so do you find yourself being like when people are like oh yeah you from New York yeah we both from New York how you been trying to like buddy buddy up with you because they're like oh yeah no you now made it and now you're about to be like coming back to the scene are you like no i don't fuck with that or do you still take in that that fake love oh i'm not gonna hold you gang it depends i could be petty like when it comes because it's like basically you're just explaining my dms for everyone i went to high school with right now and it's like oh you're fire and it's like do i do i was i cool with you back then for real or not like you're just trying to smash right now or not because whatever no be honest because it might it might could happen <laughs> but I'll, yeah it might yo it's fine but also like you said, you have the fake love, and then how about when it's somebody who like you used to fuck with, mm. but you guys just like lost contact, and they just start to... How do you take that? I mean, I'll give everybody a conversation. It just goes into, like, you know, you can always feel within the first two minutes of a conversation if someone's really, like, genuine or not. And I feel like a lot of times also, like, something that's very specific, but, like, if you have a friend that, like, owns a bakery, right, how would you support that friend? You're gonna go buy some exactly. <laughs> so it's like if like you're like yo, I have a play, buy a ticket, and I support you. You'll def see me buy a ticket. You know, if like you do music and people be like, I support you. All right, what's the last song I put out? I don't know, gang. Oh, so you don't listen to it? Are you supporting it? What's up? Like where where are we drawing the line here? So it's like at the end of the day, it's like you know you can always see like who's here, who's not, and it's a guessing game. Like people get stabbed in the back all the time, but I also try not to invest too much time into people like that. Like if you're gonna come, give me a good conversation, and you're like I support you, I appreciate that love, but I just hope that you genuinely mean it. That's like if I ever tell anyone on this planet before I give you my Spotify, Brian Sandel, um, I'm always like yo, here's my Spotify. Let me know if I'm trash. I want you to be honest with me. 
We've already had this conversation. The only reason he asked that question because he knows that he's fired. And he just <laughs> wants you to tell him that. Yeah, I mean, I probably would too. No, no lie. Appreciate it. But but while we're still on the conversation, you you being from Slovenia and living in Dubai and having the multicultural background and all the rest of the stuff and living here now, do you feel like that helps you or is that a hindrance? You know, having a different background and I don't know, just being from a different place. I guess. I think it helps me a lot. Um, opposite from Yasin, though, I had to learn how to be much nicer. Shockingly, when I came to New York, just because in New York is crazy. No, no, no. I had to. I, I really did. I really did. It was it was a lot of um, work on myself. <laughs> Were you just snapping at people or what was it? It wasn't that I was snapping at people, but I was just used to getting so much more shit. You know, like mm-hmm. from like, you know, Slovenia, it's like very Balkan, very, you know, Eastern European. You know what I mean? And then my dad is German. Mm-hmm. German. Hello. And then, like, you know, you got the Middle East. Yeah. And it's like, everything is just very, people are brutally honest. Like, people mm. think that people here are honest, but no. It's no, people here are overly nice. Because, personally, I think that people here are a lot more sensitive. Yeah. You know, like, there's a lot more, like, like people here talk about their feelings. Mm. And I've learned to do that, too, right? But, like, you know, if I were to, like, go back home, be like, I think I want to, they'll be like, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> doing <laughs> what are you doing you know what i mean like there's no such thing mm. as doing that there so i feel like um it helped a lot but also like being here now i think it's like shocking at how like different sort of the culture is mm-hmm. you know and even to, to speak on that um even as you're like growing in your own career when you were first getting started even up till now were your parents even like supportive oh yeah really okay so when you told them i want to be an actor they're like you know what yes you can yeah they were they were like yeah we believe in because i told them like they were like okay yeah but you need to go to like a college or like a university and like study it you know and obviously you know my parents are very big on like education Mm. you know they believe education is uh uh, what's Way the fucking word? The it's an, it's an investment, okay. you know, into like your mind and all that sh- shit. And there's like so much else that we learned, like you know, like leadership skills and like group and ensemble and all that stuff. So I think that there's a lot of things I learned. But yeah, they were supportive since day one, actually. It's crazy yeah. that you said that you had to learn to be nicer because I feel like that's something that I found. Like I noticed between you said the no, day no, no, we no, no, met. No, not you. Not what do you say? What did I say the day yeah, we met? <laughs> no, because when we first arrived and we started in school, right? We were all on Zoom. Uh-huh. We were on Zoom for the oh, first yeah. two weeks, <laughs> and I remember because I I sometimes have a resting bitch face, but I don't. You know, I don't mean it. I genuinely, when I first meet people, I want to be nice. You know, I don't know you. I don't know your story. I'm going to be nice to you. Unless you give me a reason to be like, okay, I'm going to take my distance. And I just remember I was trying really fucking hard, you know, to look nice. And then I, and then when we moved into the dorms and everything, you know, I met all the guys. And I was like, hey, how are you guys? And they were all like, whoa. And I was like, what? And they were like, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I thought you were going to be like a mean bitch or something. And I was like, oh, they're like, you something with your face. I was like, OK, thanks. Yeah, I have a resting bitch face, but I don't I can't control that. And I've been told that my whole fucking life. She's but like yeah. one of the greatest people to know. So thank you. With that being said, <laughs> I noticed that for the international students compared to like the American students, it is very huge when it comes to like 
the feelings and whatnot, like they're a lot more blunt. And Americans are like, oh, um, ouch. You're yeah. honest. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I asked for your opinion, but that doesn't mean you gotta be honest. Shit. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> I got a question for you guys. Um, hearing that, because most of this panel is from Minnesota. What the fuck is the Mall of America? And can you guys give me any, any experience that you went through in the Mall of America? Mall of Which? America? It's a rite of passage to work there. It's like a canon event. As a kid, you have to work there at one point. I'll explain it to you like this. So you live in New York. The Mall of America is to malls what New York is to the United States. There it is. That so, is beautiful. There, so, <laughs> it's a mile around, one level. There's four. Okay. It's a mile around. So it's already a long walk. It's it's weirdly like kind of hot, kind of not. You just feel really shitty when you leave. Uh, oh, everything's overpriced. New York, okay. Too many people. It's it's just it's New York. It's the New York of malls. There's an amusement park in the middle for some reason. There's water parks. It's, 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 what? There's, there's hotels next. Like it's there's a movie there's, theater. Yeah, there's a game room. You can, there's driving. Driving there now. Yeah, there used to be a, a go kart space in the top. Like, let me put it like this: If we didn't have the Mall of America, we'd be like Oklahoma, fucking useless. There'll be no reason for anyone to ever come. I don't like that. That's true. I don't like that. That's true. You will pull up. You will walk five miles, buy maybe two things, and eat Panda Express and go home. That's like the day. What is the Mall of America? So, so you know how you have the United States, right? <laughs> yeah. Then you have New York City, and everybody's like New York City. Yeah. Minnesota, Mall of America. Yeah. For every it's single. It's the Mall of Malls. It's the biggest mall in the country. If you include the, there's a theme park in the middle. So if you include it, it's the biggest one in the country. If not, American Dream in New Jersey is the biggest one. But we're still number two. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's a water park. There's like a, an actual it's water not park. Not a water park, but there's like a place you you can get wet. There's spots like, <laughs> like yeah. Interesting. Oh, there's a water park. No, you're talking about Great Wolf Lodge. That's like that's in the area. But yeah, no, that's different. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no. It's, the parking is hell. Nice. It's. It's a good time. I, I, I enjoy understand it. I that. Enjoy it. Now for the more glamorous and enjoyable parts. So after you guys get done with all the acting and the stuff of that nature, the parties. How insane does it get being the fact that y'all are more in the creative aspects in New York City? Does before, it get wild? Before we get to that, um, Mall of America is also where a lot of uh, people perform as well. Yeah, that, yes, mm. that. I thought you were about to say that's where all the Somali people go and eat. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> I don't know why. That's why I immediately thought you were going to say it. He's not wrong. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yes. How's the party life? How is, is it, does it get consuming? Like, is it as glamorous as other people think of New York as? I honestly never, like, there. Mm, party life like i i've never like gone to a shoot and then they're like yo party after no not really although this weekend i did go to (laughs) 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 this weekend i did go to like um a nightclub i don't know if you guys know lavo Mm. lavo nightclub that's where i saw the goddamn that's fucking nonsense. Who, what did you see? Bro, bro. Wait, when did you go? It was it was uh, last last summer. I'll never forget this. Oh, bro. okay. Tell me why. We pull up. It was after um, this one girl's birthday party. So my friend tells me and my friend that flew out. No, we took the train out from D.C. up to New York, right? Uh-huh. For context of time, it was like two months be- or like a month before company. Gotcha. Yeah. So while we're there, <laughs> we went to this one restaurant, right? And it's a table of seven of us dudes 
and like two tables, 15 like women that was with us, all celebrating this girl's party, right? This girl's birthday. You're like, Remember that time? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've never seen a grown man like yeah, you. Yeah. Get so scared. It was in the dorm. You can't blame me. I'm in my box. <laughs> we both fucking on. jumped on that this fucking is... wheelie chair. We're talking about um in the dorms. So we we lived in the dorms, right? Yeah. Different floors, but like he was on our floor once. It was in Ananya and Michelle's room, right? I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, it was. It yeah, was. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. And uh, there was a mouse. And then we all went. It was like Yasin, me, Michaela. Michelle, we were like looking for the fucking mouse because we thought it went under the fucking um, the desks. So we were like looking. <laughs> you don't know what happened. Then I think Michaela took something and threw it. And then the mouse just ran straight, straight to us. And Yasin and I, we jumped on the ch- like the, the little wheelie chairs. Did, you say eek? did, he, did he jump? Did he jump? <laughs> oh, but How bad was the it? The thing is. It was one of those things where you're in shock and he was just like, <laughs> No, and we both we both jumped on the chair and then I was also in shock and then I looked at him and I was like, What the fuck are you doing? You're supposed to be you're supposed to be fucking catching the rat. Fuck. And then he kicked you off and told you to catch it, right? Like Something, something like, like that. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I, I'm not dealing with that I'm shit. Lee, you're, you're not from here, right? Do it. So that was <laughs> the trauma. Do you guys have any uh, dirty NYC stories yet? Any any rats Bro, or listen, roaches? Listen, I or have one for you, and it's, yeah. it's a human. Yeah. Okay. What? Dirty human story. I'm walking, oh, right? I'm walking oh, yeah. to class. I'm coming from McDonald's. I'm grabbing some kind of breakfast. <laughs> and literally... It's a Rolls Royce or a Bentley. It's some. It's one of those two, right? Mm. It's beautiful. It's blacked out, and in front of it, it's in front of a hotel. It's a homeless person shitting in front of the Rolls Royce. And 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 there's literally everybody's just walking. It's like the first year that we're here. I'm just looking at them, just standing, just just in awe. And everyone's just like, like this isn't happening. And I'm like, all right, this is. This one hit you like, hey, mind your business. What you doing? Not even. (laughs) Somebody was like, yep, and then just pushed. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck do you mean, yeah? Yep. The same thing happened to me. I was walking home from dance class, and you know how sometimes when they close, um, like the street, and they they make like a little path that you have to like go in. So I was like, fucking close the street, whatever. I'm going in the fucking. It's like 11 p.m. There's no one else there, and I'm walking. But then there's a guy like at the corner using the corners to like hold on and he's just full on taking a shit right like pants down down and he's just taking a shit and we lock eyes and he just looks at me and he just goes like i'm so sorry i couldn't hold it in anymore i just had to go so bad and i was like ah you're <clears throat> you're fine and it was disgusting as the shit was coming out of him he was just like apologizing to me and i was like you can't write that you just <laughs> that's another thing about living in New York. You Where can't just have fuck? like a moment like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no funny shit. Can I be vulnerable real quick? Like, Cook, yeah. because one time when I was at work in Minneapolis, right, I used to clean windows. So I, I made the mistake of eating something new that morning I didn't usually eat. 
right? Never doing that again. <laughs> gas station burrito. It's always a gas station burrito too. They make all the jokes about it. I thought I was. I thought it was sweet. I thought it was okay. I wasn't. I ate the gas station burrito. I go to this house. I'm climbing up a 32 foot ladder to go. I was cleaning gutters at this house. So I was going to the top. I was going to the roof. I get to the top. I felt fine. I get to the top of the ladder. My stomach is like, you're going now. So I Cleaned did your the fastest sprint down a ladder I've ever done. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to hop in the car. And then I'm like, I'm in this neighborhood in the suburbs. The closest gas station is at least two miles. Yeah. I got less than two minutes. So I look wait, around. Wait, wait, wait. Question, question, question. Is it the same gas station you bought the burrito from? It's not. It's not. The gas station I bought the burrito from was well into the city. Gotcha. So I'm... I'm looking around. I'm like, what are my options here? The homeowners, they're not even there. I was doing the, the gutters. They're not even there. The car, definitely not an option. I'm scanning, scanning, scanning. I see an empty bucket. Snatch it behind the car. Right? I'm in the middle of the street. I'm like, I'm behind, I'm behind the, the car. Burbs? In the burbs? Where was I going to go? I grabbed the bucket. I'm, huh. I barely made it, bro. Barely. I take one of the rags out the back to clean up one of the windows. I'm... I put that shit in the bucket. I put some shit on top of the bucket. I like I rubber banded down like a like a cloth so like it didn't tip over or nothing like that. And I got I got back to the shop at the end of the day, threw that shit in the garbage, acting like it never happened. And my boss didn't ask about that bucket or nothing. It just straight in the garbage. <laughs> the bucket. Wait, you carried the bucket with you the rest but of the day? This is the thing. So so look, look. This is the first house. It was the oh, first house. This was the, start of the gym. This was the first house. Oh yeah. So I had just ate the burrito. So there like, was, yeah. There wasn't a closer garbage or dumpster. See, you and this would have been in? your thought, right? I'm in the suburbs. My whole route was within like two blocks, so I didn't really ah. have to go anywhere. But a full day's worth of work. So there was no like go to the. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I wasn't really in the car either, so I was like, yeah. I feel it. I feel it. I would have. I would have called it. I would have called in sick. I'm. S- I'm so right. sorry about that. I am too. But you live, you learn. <laughs> Wow! No more gas station burritos. Well, yeah. do you remember the brand so we can like unplug? You know, <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. It was blue. It had a blue package. I can tell you that. You hear Even that? Even blue burritos inside. It was a blue package. Not the the burritos blue. I, I feel like that. I, I think I want like a red or an orange. <laughs> no, type of I package. respect that. You know what I mean, <laughs> I right? Okay, that's all right. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> blue what? doesn't seem like burrito food. That's all I'm saying. Okay, blue, I guess. purple. <laughs> Any of the cold colors. You feel like cold? No. Okay, at least I'm not, I'm not being an idiot. Okay. Of course. Do you guys ever have any embarrassing performances? Do you do stage performances? Uh, so that was the thing. So funny enough, um, I've only done one spot performance with my boy. Because what happened was it started to blow up for me over COVID. So it was like as COVID was ending, the music started to go up. And it was like yeah. there was demand for a show, but then there also was no need for a show because streaming was getting lit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, now what we're trying to do is leverage my first performance. So it was okay. like, well, we're going to see what we can do there with that. Um, we have a couple things down the line. Uh, so haven't done any official on stage performances yet. Um, I do have all my equipment and we're rehearsing every Saturday or Sunday until the end of the year, though. So we got something coming. I like that idea. I like that plan a lot. Like that's a, that's a good idea. Anybody have any embarrassing like performances or anything like where something like whether it was like not shitty or shitty that, that happened? You know what? I got you. I got. You. I don't. Did you go to um not the what's it called Stickfly? Which one was it, that? It's a it's a play. It's a black play. We were lucky enough to do. We had like an all black the cast. One with Julie? Yeah, it was one with Julie. Yeah. 
it was me, uh, Jamar, you've probably seen him in the last episode, mm -hmm. and then uh, my guy Jefferson, uh, Julie, and Steph Autumn, and Sophie, all right? Watch the podcast when you can. Um, and long story short, I forgot. So basically, it's me and Jefferson, and we're sitting. Is this a shout out track? Why is there so many names? <laughs> I, I just listed the cast. Oh, oh and, and the director, <laughs> Ryan Quinn, goaded. But continue with the story. Yeah. So basically, I'm, I'm in the kitchen, right? In the kitchen, eating a sandwich, right? And it's the driest sandwich, so I'm like trying to get my lines up, but I can't because it's. And I forget my lines because I'm so worried about the sandwich. Yeah. And I just look at my son, right? Uh, Jefferson plays my son. And I was, so long story short, it's supposed to be a few minutes before my other son comes out, right? And I just go and I look at him <laughs> like, where's, where's Ken, which is the name of Jamar. I'm like, where's, where's your brother, right? And he looks at me, he's like, Nick, that's not the one. <laughs> so he's like, <laughs> we're on stage. It's the middle, like, you know, it's mid, mid show. He's like, I don't know where Ken is, dad. And we just like, we, we, we continue to like just make up shit until we get back on the track and the sandwich is completely gone. And I throw the sandwich away and we just, yeah, we, we he saved it. I had no, it was off the rails for me. Yeah. It was all in his hand and he saved it. That's, that's the story. So I guess it was embarrassing for us, but Damn. maybe they knew, maybe they didn't. Regardless, we moved on. They gave you a Popeye's biscuit sandwich, huh? <laughs> yeah, isn't it crazy, though? It's like you moved to New York City. You got big actor dreams one day, and then the next day you're eating a dry sandwich, two sons that back talk. <laughs> like, you know, like, where's my life? What's going on? No, literally. <laughs> this is on stage. We have, like, there's just, like, mind you, you know how you have a fourth wall, right? Where you're yeah. looking at, I see people just looking at me like, that's, you know what? <laughs> How do you not like break character when there's like a thousand people? I have, I have, Fair okay, enough. I have before. It's happened. Yeah. We have. We have. <laughs> what, what happened? How did, how did it go down? I once <laughs> broke, also with an embarrassing story. So it was during Life Sucks. It was the very last uh, show, and my, I was basically playing like um, a really hot young wife and my husband was like this 80 year old man right and he's a professor and stuff and we were arguing right so he's sitting on this chair right he's sitting there you know all proper and i'm like next to him like this and this and that blah 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 you don't give me appreciation and like as we're talking i just hear like a and i'm like what the fuck is that boom his chair just his chair breaks Damn. And the thing is, the audience didn't know what was going on, but they all just started laughing their fucking asses off because he's supposed to be an old man, right? But he's a 20-year-old gay guy. So, you know, at the same time, he was like, oh, my Lord. So it was like, so this chair broke, and I was like, I didn't know what to do, you know? So I was like, oh, I need to stay in character. He's old. So I was like, oh, honey, let me get you. So then, you know, I'm like, picking him up and i take him to this other chair and then we look back at the chair and then that's when the last leg fell down and it just kept going the audience just kept laughing so we were like okay this is kind of working this is kind of working and they finally then they finally calmed down and i just kind of like picked it up from i literally just said i was like as i was saying but like both of us we could not stop laughing because it was so funny. The way the chair just broke, and it was like one of the skinny ones, too. Mm. Oof. That brings up a good question. Do you guys ever have a performance where 
the reaction isn't necessarily exactly what you want it to be. Does that throw it off for you? Like, like, are you at a show and you're playing like a slow song and people are just like, you're having a little too much fun. Or like <laughs> they're, you're, they're just playing a lit song and they're just kind of like watching you or mm-hmm. you're at a, a show and like you said, you're doing something serious and like it ended up being funny. Does you can matter? you can never predict what the audience is going to do. And that coming from an audience because you know i'm an audience member too Mm. whenever i watch shows and i'm a performer so sometimes it's just important to not be like like don't be shocked anything can happen it can either be like crickets people can start laughing at the most out-of-pocket lines like it's happened to me at the show what was it um trojan woman it was a show trojan woman i kid you not i was in the audience and it was the most serious part. Like, they just killed the baby of, like, the, the strongest woman. And, you know, then these two big guys, they come and they, like, pick up this tiny body, like, on a shield. I burst out laughing. I was the only one. I just burst out laughing. And my friend was like, shut the fuck up. You laugh at funerals, don't you? you oh, oh, no, I am the type of person you can't. You can't look at me at the wrong time. You know that. You, know, you cannot. I got the same story. I'm sitting in the audience. Mind you, it's a super serious thing, but my friend says something to me that just fucks me up. And I just start dying, and it's dead silent. I'm the only one. And people start looking back at you. And you just feel like, shit, you can't. It's like, I'm sorry. It's not, it's not the show. It's a great show. That's every, everyone has different reactions, and that's like, right? That's a whole part of it. I think the important thing is that you stay in character. I have a question for you. Yes, sir. So, obviously, you, were, you went to school for acting. Has it switched the way you watch a show or, like, yes. a play? Yeah. How so? I'll be watching something, and I was like, Yeah. That was not genuine at all. I know they didn't do their Uta Hagens. Or, you know, like, you would just look at something, Uta Hagens, it's like these, it's like these, like, nine questions that help you get into character and kind of, like, have your, like, background. Like, I was reaching... What's an example? Like, um, <laughs> what are your circumstances? Okay. Or, like, who is your loved one? Mm. Or, like, where did you grow up? Questions okay. like that. Where are you? Yeah. Time of day. So like some like I was watching a show and the dad like found out that his daughter was sending nudes, right? And like I was like and he was gonna confront her and I was like, Ooh, it's about to go down. You know, like if a father confronts his daughter about something, you know, that's a very like vulnerable, very private thing, right? And then like he did it and her reaction was like, Oh my god, that I was like oh talk to your dad like that i was like i know that's i know that that was not prepped you know how there's a button just know it that was easy button yeah that was easy (laughs) forcing it you know like i'm just like "Mm." does it ruin the experience like movies and stuff now no Mm, okay i don't think so separate yourself because then then there's also like the other times where i'm like wow they did an amazing job oh, on that yeah, yep, yep, yep. you know You're so it's like i'm able okay. it's easy not i mean not easy but like you can kind of like get the feeling like i'm like wow they're really in it right now when someone does the work or like sometimes you're like i don't know what they were trying to do with that but it just didn't work out yeah does it does it affect your music at all uh now making more music and creating on a regular basis do you listen to songs and go you really didn't need that filter there or you you could have you know used a beat drop right there or something. Like a beat or melody. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, cause you know what it is. 
Um, especially nowadays, nowadays, I don't really spend too much time on songs now. I'll be like, if I'm making a song, I'll dedicate my whole day to making that song, what that is. And then I know I'm going to feel different tomorrow, but I think that's also what the magic is. Like, I like I feel a lot of times when I'm creating something, um, the room that I was in that day makes it what it was. You know, and because the sun was at that point in the sky that day is because I got that feeling. It's like, so I think it's all specific, so I try not to, like, mess with it too much after I make it. So I try not to live in the past and the idea that, like, maybe I could have changed this. But once it's out, I kind of don't even really listen to it, to be honest with you, like, because it's not really mine anymore. Um, what, Do you okay. get bored of your music, like, after sitting with it for hours and hours at end? Because of, like, I have a couple more um, artist friends, and it's like, yeah, I've heard this song a hundred times. That's why I don't play my music in my own car. <laughs> the same thing? Uh, yes and no, because it's going to tie into your earlier question, too, about how people react to things. Okay. Um, because, you know, half the time, if I make something, that's only half the battle, because how people react to it is really what it is. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. So it's like, I can be like, yo, I wrote this song about, like, my girlfriend leaving me and, like, whatever, I want to kill myself. And then they'll be like, yo, that song you was talking about, dude, that shit was fire, my boy. <laughs> like, I was boot. And I was going to be like, it's 9 a.m. in Starbucks. I'm just trying to talk, like, get to the next thing. So it's like, that's always, like, a fun time when I see people react differently to it. Because, I mean, like, whether I agree with their reaction or I don't, there was a reaction. Oh, okay. You never want to have someone be like, that's cool. Mm. I'd rather you be like, I fucking hate that shit, bro. Or that shit was amazing. Not, yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. So it's like the same thing when it comes to like this type of shit. Where it's like, you know, sometimes people, if they do, they'll be like, yo, maybe, like, why, why'd you leave this here? Why'd you leave that there? Sometimes it's like a genuine choice. Like sometimes if you, like, you read a book, like, oh, the colors are blue because he was depressed. Or sometimes, motherfucker, the colors is blue because they blue. Like that day, I didn't even think about having like a beat drop there. I was just like, this is fire. <laughs> out and then by the time it came out some people would be like that's my favorite part of the song and at that point too it just gets fun because now that it's out i'm like great you do it like you have the you have the clip like yo be a dj on it do it just make sure i get my royalties on it my boy (laughs) oh quick question since being the fact that you're from um you're an international person how is like the club scene i've always wanted to ask people from other parts of the world because i have some friends that are from um like Bangladesh, for example, mm-hmm. and like listen to music that they listen to at parties compared to someone that listens, listens to music in like Czech, Czechoslovakia or something like that. Mm-hmm. How vastly different. And in the moments, how would you describe that type of music? Yeah, I hear Germany goes crazy. <laughs> yeah. They do. They do. <laughs> they like their beer too. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the, the nightclub I went to this weekend, Lavo, they had really good music. Mm. Like amazing. Like the DJ was all of my favorite songs they just like played all of it and it wasn't just like the whole song it was only like the good parts yeah. <laughs> of the song they would just play and i was like i was shocked i was like oh my god this is amazing because like sometimes i would expect hours. them i'm like oh they're gonna play some techno shit and i don't like techno like you know mm. when you go to raves and it's just like meh, meh, meh. I'm like i don't mm, that's not really my thing but then i don't know i guess it's like it's like the culture thing because oh, right. then in like then in the clubs in dubai they would then obviously put in some like Arabic songs or like Arabic pop mixed in with like also like American rap and like things like that. And then in Slovenia, then you'll get a little mix of like the Balkan of like the little like Kolo music. Oh, mm-hmm. And then people will start like doing the little, the little national dance, but in like, a, in like a funny way, you know what I mean? Or like then the Arabs would like, they would get down and be like, you know, start doing the little mm-hmm. dancey dance. 
Oh. Yeah. Quick on the side of everything. Um, is there much partying or is it the partying is just like super extreme and it's like, is there a morality thing that's also going on through there or where like um, in Saudi Arabia in general? You said you went to school in Dubai. Were you a minor at that time? Yes. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. And it's not in Saudi Arabia. It's in the UAE. Ah. Saudi Arabia is a completely different country. Okay. Yeah. Education. <laughs> oh, I have a question for you guys because I, I wanted to even ask you guys that when it comes to um, when you're doing the podcast, one, do you guys watch your old podcast over? And if so, are you ever comfortable watching yourself and hearing your voice and seeing yourself on these cameras or is it always like weird? I try not to because I honestly think I'm really conceited and I don't need more. <laughs> I watch the podcast and just be cracking up with my own jokes. Like, it's like... I honestly should stop. Like, I feel like such an asshole for recommending the pod to people. I'm like, bro, you know, not even because it's me, you'll have a great time. That's all, that's all I'm saying. So, yeah, no, our tagline. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 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 First with the camera, then it's this bullshit. Loki, Loki, I got to keep this in the pod, though. Where are we? Huh? But where are we? We're in Brooklyn. I know, but like, what is this place? I, I don't know. What my my is friend this? lives upstairs somewhere. He went to work and they let me in. So. Oh, is this like an apartment building? Yeah. Uh-huh. We had a whole thing within Ring. It was supposed to be in Chester Park, and then it was supposed to be at a couple other podcast studios. Oh. And then this, everything just fell through. Gotcha, gotcha, so gotcha. If you asked that question, as soon as the lines went dark, we would all be in jail by now. <laughs> Where are we right now? I was like, oh, shit. No. I was like, y'all told me. asked <laughs> about this. <laughs> oh, shit. But okay, cool. But no, I, I really, I really enjoyed doing this, especially just being able to see some of the conversations that I've had before mm-hmm. and seeing how childish it once was and still is, honestly. Seeing your growth. Exactly, exactly. And the fact that I don't, like, stand by every single take that I've ever had, like, um... I once had this one dude, he, went, he showed me a video that I posted. It was literally from like last year and I don't remember recording it. I just like, it was just the moment. And then it's like the fact that people are able to continuously like listen and watch and be able to like, oh yeah, no, I remember when you like, you put this out. I love all that part. Fire. Yeah, no, I do truly enjoy the grandiose aspect of it. I have a question, to, I guess for everyone. Mm-hmm. AI is obviously becoming a bigger thing day mm-hmm. in day. How do you feel like it's going to influence your music versus, you know, our acting versus the podcasting and the other ventures that you guys might have, you know? Can I start? Yeah. I think all of y'all are fucked. It's just going to help us, though. Like, <laughs> it's just going to help us. It's just going to make our shit way easier. Thank you. Oh, God. I was going to say, just like, I don't know if you guys watch Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this mm-hmm. most most recent season. There's an episode where they use the likeness. You know what I'm talking yep. about? Yep. Yep. Sophia Vergara's in it, Kate Blanchett. And there's this other girl who's an actor. And it's like it's like four or five dimensions deep, so to yeah, speak. But yeah. it's basically like it's all AI. Like none of it's like they use their likeness and they signed a contract and so on and so forth. Do you think that's because I'm not going to lie to you. Black Mirror would be low key right about some shit. Mm-hmm. And it's you think that's where we're moving or is that because I, I want to speak on the actor shit just because uh, didn't Bruce Willis do that for his last movie? He just he, they AI told the whole shit. High key. So yeah. I what movie is this? I can't remember, like, I but remember he got he his dementia or whatever started getting bad ah. when they started filming. So they were like, ah, yeah, let's just not do that. So they AI'd his whole thing. If that's like one of the more famous like kind of actors of 
like all time sorted for America yeah, at least. He's one of them. He yeah. held. He had the nineties on lock. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was one of them. Yeah, mm. I think that hair. it's very possible that that's up for the rest of y'all too. To where mm-hmm. that's like just like the norm. They're like, we'll just use you, but we don't want you to do it. As like, long as we get a paycheck. The, yeah. the, thing, the thing that's, that's just crazy about that in particular, I feel like the only way that it won't work is if at us as a society is like, yeah, no, I don't want to keep watching y'all make this same show over and over and over again. Kind of for the example, they went and used an AI generation to make the office, but like they just made it run and they just made it keep running like on and on and on where thought- people were able to just like make episodes out of nowhere, even though like the story is finished. Number mm-hmm. Bigfoot is over, like things of that nature. And being able to hold on to that past, I feel like the only way we can like stop that is by like just not consuming it in totality. I thought you were going to say something about Genesis. What's it called? Gemini Man with Will Smith, where he plays like himself. That or is, that too, yeah. That is the yeah. best case scenario where they're used, where it's like just like they're just fixing their face. Yeah. But in a lot of these scenarios, I feel like they're going to, for example, bring Leonardo DiCaprio back. Or like they might remake uh, America's, American Psycho and then put him as like the main. Or character. the Irishman, where they got all the old you, dudes and just made them their younger self. Exactly. So it's like. Do you feel like. Okay, so question or we can have a poll mm-hmm. would you want to see heath ledger come back type shit no no i don't that leave the dead people alone yeah please yeah. please I've been saying that for juice roll forever but continue mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's a genuine question because you guys feel because it's like you said the dead people are dead but juice world michael jackson all these new songs are being remixed with ai and what they've done a lot and they've served their time but then, you know, I think we also need to think about, like, the new artists, you know? Like, those people were there in their time, right? Mm. And now there's, like, it's the circle of life. I don't see why, why you got to, like, go against it and, like, you know, like, going against bring it people back. Minute. And I think, like, in speaking of, like, acting part, the acting sort of part of it and, like, using AI, like, just think about the amount of, like, scenes that were that were put in a movie that wasn't even like planned or it wasn't scripted. It was just sort of like an improvisation or like, you know, shit, spontaneity, exactly. Like just shit happens. Like you're not gonna get that with AI because with AI, you know, you put in the code and it does whatever the fuck you want it to do. Honestly, my my whole thing is heavy on the not letting a story die. Cause it's like, um, they do this a lot in anime where it's just like a bunch of filler and the main the main example is like naruto right there's two whole seasons of just filler that's insane you guys are just making fake content that doesn't matter in the long term and i feel like it's kind of in the same vein as people that like sit and they watch a show like friends over and over and over again and just being stuck in that time period that's what it more like feels like that's fair high key it's funny because i wanted to say something right before like the camera cut out and i'm happy you kind of did because bro you may have cracked the code with uh whoever owns the office because that's like the best poll ever because you know they're bringing back the office now so all that shit that like people made up mm-hmm. that that was them writing the show exactly. so it's like yeah everyone wrote the show for them <laughs> which is kind of ingenious mm-hmm. um and it's always funny like when like stuff like that happens uh, i think on the ai tip I don't think AI is putting anybody out of the job. I think AI, a person using AI is putting someone out of the job. Okay. So yeah. it's like, you know, it's still going to be this code or whatever. But, like, if you can't make it go, you can't make it go. 
I feel like it's gonna affect a lot of on-screen stuff a lot, like movies and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But a cool thing about music is like I do feel like concerts are still a thing. That's why concerts are going up in price because mm-hmm. people love people. So it's like I don't care how well you AI someone. Someone wants to see a physical person pop up and be like, "Yo, what's up?" So let me ask you specifically as an artist: Would it bother you if they were to hit you with like a like a Drake type beat where they were to just take your voice and make their own song? And then, like, you get nothing from it. Like, would you be upset if they were to... If people are enjoying you, mm. but you didn't... You weren't a part of the uh, artistic process. Got you. So, when it comes to something like that, I think... I can only see a world where if it does get to that point, like, you can, like, take someone's voice. If it took my voice, put it on it, being and it went crazy. There, that I should also be entitled to that because you used my likeness. So, there should be something in, in like, the softwares that they definitely do have now where it's like, okay, you can detect my voice. That means, like, cool, good for you, bro. You made that. I'm getting paid from it. I appreciate that. But I should also be able to say I didn't consent to this. Oh, I should God, also yeah. be able to be like, no, take this down. Like, you're using literally my likeness. Mm-hmm. And I have paperwork that stipulates that you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So someone has to talk to someone or someone needs to get me paid. But if you were to get paid and people were to just use your likeness, would you be okay with it today? Like if, in terms of what like... Um, so the only reason I bring it up is because that song that they made with Drake's voice kind of like charted and they, they're maybe nominating it for a Grammy. Yeah. So it's like if somebody else is getting accolades with your voice, is the money enough for you not to care? Or do, do you care about them affecting your legacy? Whether that be positive or negative, mm. do you, like, uh, do you care, basically? Yeah. Um, I do care, and I'll say, like, because, you know, for every yin is a yang, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like some people could, like, you could, like, generate a not, like, an artist no one knows about, and that shit charts, and you have a song with Drake, and then that person's life is up. They'll be like, this shit is amazing. But either way, like, when something like that, especially for it to get nominated, from what I would know about the music industry and whatnot, for it to get nominated means someone had to sign off and say, all right, y'all can use it. Like, it wouldn't even get to, like, that breath if, like, Drake's team or whoever's team didn't be like, I know what's going on, bro. Like, very, some, some, someone got talked to. That's how I feel about See, it. See, and the thing about this conversation that takes a turn for the worst, we're talking about Drake, right? Yeah. Let's say they found you two years ago, mm-hmm. and they found some of your earlier work and say, oh, I'm going to build on this sound, on this whole idea that you have, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to just make whole songs just with your voice, because I know your voice is hard. Mm. How how about like the underground dude that's just trying to that's just trying to come up, but yet there's this multi million dollar conglomerate just eating off their own work. Um, I think no matter how much money you have, it doesn't guarantee you're going to be a success because there's a lot of people that burn a lot of money to be trash. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it just happens. And there's people that, like, put $2 in and they go crazy. So, I mean, like, at the end of the day, I think it's still going to be, like, the people are going to take off, they're going to take off. I mean, but that is the thing. Like, there is people that will try to replicate your sound that have more money than you. And they'll be like, this is going crazy, whatever. But then it's like Mew versus Mew 2. Like, put the real one next to it. We're going to see what happens. And I think technology now is so dope and appreciate you. I think technology now is so vast where it's like, trust me, bro, if the kids like a song, they're going to find the original song. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. Three years down the line, someone's going to be like, I know what song that is, and that person's going to blow up, and it's going to fuck everything up for whoever stole something from them. I do think that karma comes back, and it's always moving. How often that actually happens. It's crazy how often that actually happens. Where it's like, they'll make a song four years ago, mm-hmm. and it's like, now they're up. Yeah. And it's yeah. like... TikTok, like, re-virals a song that's from, like, the yeah. 2010s or something like that. I'll be spicy and I'll be like your favorite labels do it like how many great artists do you know that have 
passed away, quote unquote, prematurely, but then you have a replica of them going crazy in two weeks trying to do the same exact sound that they got. It happens all the time. Yeah. Are we rapping? Uh, yeah, we, we can run that. Okay. Um, oh. Favorite movies and song. And then. Sure. Could. You, you ask the question. Uh, Hitch. I have seven favorite movies, but I'm going to say Hitch. Just oh. just because. And then anything by Brent Fias. Overrated. Overrated. Okay. You listen to Brent Fias? Huh? You listen to Brent Fias? No. Okay. Do you listen to Brent Fias? Yeah, he's dope. Really? Is it more the vibe or the actual music? The music. Really? Okay, I might be a dick sucker. Have <laughs> you heard Gang Over Love? That shit is fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite movie? I'd probably say The Parent Trap, the one with Lindsay Lohan. You okay? Now that it's you said a, that, like you kind of look like her in that movie a little bit. Wow, just a tiny bit. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. Now that you <laughs> say that, like, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait, which or twin like, though? Which twin? Twin. <laughs> 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 Allie or Annie? Yes. Gotcha. Um, or anything with like Sandra Bullock, like Miss Congeniality, mm. Two Weeks Notice. She's, I love her. I would say Devil Wears Prada, Ooh. Inception, and then. What's it really? <laughs> oh my God. Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. Yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. Those are my three. Those are good. Those are good movies. Favorite movie, either Talladega Nights or what? Step Brothers Talladega Nights. They're both Will Ferrell, right? Yeah, and John C. Yeah. yeah. Um, or and my favorite song. Let's just let's just say nine zero two one zero. I don't really like Travis Scott, but that beat. Oh, bro. Carry. <laughs> when fucking Florence comes in, that, that she's the girl who does the, the vocals. Tracy. Tracy. Same shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, movie, I would say Fantastic Mr. Fox. Ah. Um, song, I would be, I'll say, uh, Serial Lover by Kehlani. I'm not bad at that. Mm. Kehlani. All right, so we've reached that segment of Wish I Had a Sensei, where our guests give some advice that they wish that they had growing up. Some advice for them now, and some advice for them in the future. Advice? Yeah. Huh. That you wish that you heard. Um, Why are you saying like that? <laughs> advice? Advice for you now, advice for you in the future. Relax, it's happening. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Relax. Have grace. Mm. And always be, what is it? Have gratitude. Mm. Always remember to have gratitude. Oh, before we continue, do y'all have hyper confidence? What is that? Like, are y'all like super? Not so much super involved with yourself, but like super. Um, I'm delusionally confident. I know, and I know this, and it's, and it's helped me. It's actually helped me. Because okay. mind you, I feel like our delusional confidence helped us at some point in the human evolution. We looked at a bear and was like, I could fuck that shit up, and it's gotten us here. Okay. So I'm just, uh, all right, y'all, y'all can continue. Be good to people, always. I mean, is this the advice thing or the confidence the thing? Advice. The advice. <laughs> oh, um, you know what you want to do. You know it deep down. So if you want to do it, just do it. Because you're always going to regret if you didn't do it. Oh, yeah. 
Just do it sponsored by Nike. I'm just kidding. Right now. <laughs> uh, I was going to get taken down. <laughs> <laughs> you want to have some advice? Um, advice for my younger self, kill yourself. Advice for my older self, don't. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Shit, put that on the t-shirt. I'd, I'd work. <laughs> All right, Sean. <laughs> <laughs>